Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked about Nikki and South Carolina Democrats and polling and, oh yeah, also what Joe Biden really thinks about Donald Trump. Here's the show. But I am the only person in America who thinks, yeah, this guy's a good president. Doing a pretty good job. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to pretend I'm not? And uh, we have a thing out today with Jonathan Lemire. Lemire? Lemire? I don't know how you pronounce Lemire. his name. Lemire. You don't watch enough cable news, bro. I, I watch precisely zero cable news. I know. Um, <laughs> and this is a uh, a thing that a, what what Joe Biden thinks about Donald Trump behind closed doors. And uh, what we did is at a, a rally, the president said, this is Biden. Get your beeper out. Get your beeper out. Hide your kids beep right at now. At his folks. rally, he jokes about an intruder whipped up by the big Trump lie taking a hammer to Paul Pelosi's skull, Biden said. And he thinks that's funny, the president continued. He laughed about it. What a sick. Oh. <laughs> now, he didn't say it there, but Lemire reports that uh, to longtime friends and aides, he often says that Trump is a, quote, sick fuck who delights in others' misfortunes. And Biden recently said of Trump, what a fucking asshole this guy is. And you know what? <laughs> I am sorry, but I am happy to have a president who, A, doesn't say that stuff in, in public. public. Sure. But B, like, doesn't hide the fact that he thinks those things, right? He... he he isn't like in public saying, oh, Donald, it's like King David. He's so great. He's like, God. but see, in private, has a normal person, normal human being reaction to the bizarre pathologies and just creepy evilness of Donald Trump. I, 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 I look at all of that, all three of those things, and I just think, yeah, Joe Biden, he's like us. <laughs> uh, this is one of those stories that I don't care about because it's like, oh, yeah, does Joe Biden says he doesn't like Donald Trump? OK, well, so do we. And like newsflash. Uh, I don't think it's like particularly interesting that Joe Biden thinks that this guy's effing a-hole uh, because that is what anybody – did I uh, – I actually – I didn't mention to you that I wanted to talk about this, but I did. Uh, so on – George Conway explains it all to Sarah Longwell uh, today, which we're going to release. Uh, it may actually be already out by the time this hits. Uh, you guys should check it out because uh, we have Robbie Kaplan on, fresh off of her uh, $83.3 million judgment against Trump. And she goes really deep on what it was like to be in these depositions with him. And, like, these stories are funny. They're not funny. They're, they're in funny in the same way this Joe Biden thing is, where – he is like a 15 – Trump is like a 15-year-old boy uh, in terms of his sense of humor. At one point, he said to her, see you next Tuesday. And she was like, what do you mean? We're meeting on Wednesday. And he was like, see you next Tuesday. And she was like, uh, well, I'm pretty sure it's Wednesday. And like left and her staff – she was like, this is a great – like her staff is like, he was trying to call you the C word. And she was like, thank God I didn't know uh that he was doing this uh oh i get it Ah. (laughs) uh but she also said that he got so angry that 
they were she, apparently that's like very. Uh, it's just like what lawyers do. They provide lunch when you are doing depositions over lunch and they do it for the court reporter, for the lawyers, and everybody goes to a different room and they have their lunch. And that when Trump was like, what are you going to do for lunch, though? You're at Mar-a-Lago. We're not going to give you lunch. And she was like, oh, no, your lawyers are providing us lunch. And that he knocked over in fury a stack (laughs) of papers sitting next to him. And like, yeah, guy's an effing a-hole. Like that is it is like r- a ridiculous uh, behavior, and it's fine for people to acknowledge it. But I, I'm not sure it's like a blockbuster story. Not a blockbuster story. Not a blockbuster. For me, it reinforces the uh, on the question of would you want to have a beer with Joe Biden? I think that of all of the presidents of my adult lifetime. The guy who I would be most comfortable having a beer with, definitely Biden. With Clinton, he's so slick, I'd be a little bit like, eh, does he really like me or is he just shining me on? Ooh, I do not want to have a beer with Clinton. I I just, I know Biden. And W, like, everybody always says W is a good hang. This yeah. is one of the things that's legendary about him, uh, especially one-on-one. Like, people, people say, you're in a room with W, and he just, he's great at that stuff. Um and that's fine, but I, I'd have a beer with, uh, I'd have a beer with Joe. I think Joe Biden is a nice man. I, I like, I, I when you say you're the only one who likes him, I, I like him fine. I think he's a I nice take man. I so much heat for being, oh, look at the Biden stand, wearing the team jersey. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I think he's been a good president. The economy's doing great. He handled Ukraine well. He's doing good foreign diplomacy with the Israelis. Like, like, what more do we want? You know, like, I've got a list of things that I want, but like, you know, beggars can't be choosers, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not mad at him. I, you know, that's not true. I'm a little, you know, I think one of the things, and this where I'm, I think I might impute my own feelings on this, but like, I am deeply certain that Joe Biden's low poll numbers are actually much have less to do with frustration at the job Joe Biden is doing than it does frustration with the fact that Joe Biden is running again. Because I think I think Joe Biden has missed an enormous opportunity to just be a legend, to have like beaten Trump once, come back in, be a normal guy, elevate a new bench of people, um, you know, spend his whole time at a podium talking about how like we got to put this country back together and we got this incredible group of Democrats and meet all these people and have a big surrogate game. And instead, it's been like a weird, you know, I don't know what. Why is this? Is it a don't outshine Biden? Is it like I don't know why the communication infrastructure has been what it is. Uh, and I just think the idea that he, I, I, so I, I think his low approval rings are sort of the same thing that I hold against him, which is that I feel like it is a real mistake that he's doing this again. Um, and it's not really a critique on him or his presidency. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's pretend that we have like, like, you remember Quantum Leap? I do. I loved Quantum Leap. So let's pretend, was it Scott Bakula? Scott Bakula. Yeah. yeah. So let's pretend Quantum Leap style, we can leap into an alternate timeline together. In the alternate timeline, Joe Biden has declined to run and Gavin Newsom is the nominee. Nope. In that timeline, do you wish that Joe Biden had remained the nominee? 
you wish that Joe Biden had run for re-election? That's a of... tough one. Yeah, you hit me. You hit me okay. with one. You you hit me with how one about, that you knew would get me. How about we do another? We we walk in this timeline. We're like, oh no, this is bad. We hop into the portal again, and we come out in another one where Kamala Harris is the nominee. <laughs> do you still think, yeah, Joe Biden shouldn't have run again? Because I think those two. Do I get were to do I get to play this? Likely. Do I get to set? Do I get to set the terms of the quantum leap? Well, look, if we jump into a, a universe where Josh Shapiro is the nominee. Mm-hmm. Or Gretchen Whitmer is the nominee? Great. But what are the odds that we would have wound up in one of those universes versus Newsom or Kamala? I mean, yeah, I got a lot of other names I could throw into the quantum leap machine, though, to spin the wheel and see if we could get there. Um, But I agree. Look, a lot of that didn't become – I just – he could have taken the 2022 win and said, like, okay, this was was huge, uh, and now I'm going to figure out how to elevate these guys. And look, I do think there's no doubt – they feel like they box themselves in with Kamala, uh, where they know she would lose. So when Joe Biden's saying, like, I'm the only one who can beat him, he doesn't really mean that. He means I'm can more likely to beat him than Kamala, and now she's next in line, and there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, and so I just – but I, I would just say that in the polling, I'm like, oh, I'm very convinced – but again, this is me reading my own feelings into it a little bit that like that is the frustration. Like it's not like I hear from people in the focus groups when you talk to Dems. They don't say, I think Joe Biden's been a bad president. They don't say that at all. Um, sometimes they wish they saw him more. They wish he'd done more on this or that of their pet interests um, or that he was more of a fighter. But mostly what they're down on is his age. Yeah. And I'm just saying how much of it is age. Yeah. It's, it's just, just like pure, I, age I don't and like I don't it think, because he's no, too I, old. Listen, if yeah. Joe Biden was 74 – you know, we'd all be like, yeah, he's going to do it again till he's 78. And that's pretty old. That's different from starting out at 82. Yeah. And he will be 86 at the end of his term. And like, you know, I just I think I think people the, the extent to which people have under there was, you know, we were at our show, our um, live show. And uh, the live show is just filled with the most wonderful people who want to say super nice things, maybe ask a question, get a selfie, give a hug. Love it. There was a woman this time, though, who was, like, kind of confrontational. And she was um, uh, also – she was an older woman, and she said um, the reason that that voters care about – the reason everybody, you know, cares about Joe Biden's age is because you guys never stop talking about it. And you in the media, uh, which I'm still, like, getting yeah, used to the fact that people – I don't think that's true. Think, I'm 100% certain it's not true. Yeah. We could stop talking about it all the time. And you know who would not stop talking about it is the voters. Like, and I'm not, these are not people who are out to get Joe Biden. I'm just talking about you round up 20, as I have done many times, you round up 20 (laughs) Democrats and say like, how do you feel about Joe Biden running again? And they're all like, no, this shouldn't happen. And I think that is, uh, and, and it's one of the reasons, honestly, I'm optimistic about, um, Biden's numbers turning around eventually, because I think once people kind of are like, okay, this is what we're doing, they'll get on board. Um, But right now, they're just registering a ton. They're registering the idea because they still think he might not do it. I mean, the number of people who think he might at the convention be like, you know, somebody else is going to Gretchen Whitmer will be the number. You know, it's not how these things work. It's not going to happen. But I think a lot of people think that this was. This general state of affairs was reasonably predictable by about 1990 because the size of the baby boom generation meant that the boomers were going to hold on to power in American life 
for much longer than anybody else. And I know Biden isn't technically a boomer, but like, you know, the is he greatest the generation. House, I think he's silent generation. Um, not greatest. But you, you I mean, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Chuck. I mean, there are a lot of people deep, deep into their 70s or early 80s who are at the highest levels of American government. And I don't like, you know, like, it's fine, basically. I I think it's fine. It doesn't bother me. Uh, it'd be nice to have some generational turnovers. So that, you know, we're never going to get a Gen X president. That's not true. We might get one Gen X president. Yeah, but that's that's it. You elder millennials will get two or three of them, I think. Mm. Yeah. I'm either a young Gen X or an elder millennial, depending on who you ask. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did you want to beat me around the head and shoulders one more time on Nikki Haley? Because I'm here for it. So I just I, I'm I am interested in the notion of the half Liz versus the full Liz, in part because I went from being a hey, just drop out, you're not even helping uh, right now. If you're not going to run against him, like, might as well let Joe Biden start to benefit from the contrast with Trump. Like, let's get it over with and get to general election. And I think the narrative for Biden will, and I'm pretty eager to see, like, part of it is just me being like, am I right? Like, when Trump is the nominee, will Biden's numbers start going up? Because if they don't, that's going to tell us a lot. So there's part of me that just wants to know that information. Um and so I was sort of like, look, if you're not really going to run against him, just get out. It's not helping. But then she started to really run against him, at least as much as anybody has that's not Chris Christie. And she's doing it in a way that um, in a one-on-one race is more impactful than a Chris Christie, you know, where he's kind of just an outlier talking to the independents in New Hampshire, right? She's running a real uh, a real primary against him in states that matter, talking yeah. to Republicans who are going to vote in a general election. And so – I think I've sort of revised what I think she should do. Um, and it, it's I, I'm in the go full Liz, burn the boats. Um, and, and the reason that I'm there is that I want her more than anything not to endorse him. And I think the likeliest way for her to not endorse him is for her to uh, be so far gone in it that there's not really uh, – there's not really, yeah, there's no walking it back, uh, right? Go go full in. And and because for her to do that, it would be her recognizing a thing that I'm desperate for these Republicans to recognize, which is that this party is gone. There is not a party that elects Nikki Haley. I even saw Dave Weigel, who I think is one of the smartest people in politics, said something yesterday about how Nikki Haley yeah, is setting that. herself up for, for 2028. 2028. And yeah. I was like, did every – did did everybody die in the Republican Party? Like what <laughs> what world is this happening? Like to me, I get I get deeply frustrated. And this is this is just the this is the, the life in her like, head. Yeah, right. but this in is, all of their cannon. heads, right? It's yeah. it's it's all of them. And but but Dave knows he's listening to these voters, but I still think whenever you are, whether it's in elite media or you're an elite politician or you work in think tanks, whatever, you talk to even if you talk to real people, like even if you're out on the trail. You still spend 50% of your time talking to Republican operatives and, like, the more elite class that are telling you, like, no, 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 there's uh, – look at all these normal people and Nikki Haley 2028, Devron DeSantis 2028. And I'm like, guys, it's Tucker 2028. Like, yeah. it's Matt Gates 2028. J.D. Like, Vance, Matt Gates. Yeah. yeah, what are you 
And like, look, look at the party. Look at what they want. We did a focus group yesterday. And it was about, we were asking about Congress. And so to the, for the screener, we needed to make sure that they knew who their congressperson was. They had to know who it was. So it was a specific group. Uh, and they're from all over. However, they were all in districts that have one of these loud mouths as their, you know, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene's district, Matt Gaetz's district, you know. Um, so these are two-time Trump voters? Two-time Trump districts voters. Where they knew their, okay. Yeah. Where they knew their congressperson. And uh, it will shock you not at all to know they love Mike Johnson, like him so much better than Kevin McCarthy, who they hated. Uh, they think Marge is out there telling it like it is uh, and is the best. And, uh, you know, they they think that it is good that these people are out there um, mouthing off and be it, you know, slugging away for Trump. And they they are not worried about the government functioning. They're not worried about... Uh, these people ain't going to Nikki Haley in 2028. They will no not. Chance. They will have. They won't even remember who she is then. Totally. This and is I, the, yeah. and I was doing an interview with someone, um, and they were asking about young voters. And I was the central thing. If you ask about young Republicans, there's really one big data point to understand, which is that if they have come of political consciousness in the last decade, Donald Trump is the Republican Party. They don't yes. even recognize what Nikki Haley is. They're like. What is Reagan Republicanism? The three yeah, legs of the stool? That's yeah. not a thing. It's a barstool yeah. sto- sports bro crossover that's uh, that's like collaborates somehow weirdly with evangelical Christians who are engaged in culture wars uh, along, but who don't like Mike Pence because they're there for the culture war part, right? They don't yeah. want an actual evangelical like Mike Pence or Tim Scott. Uh, they want the the. David, whatever I don't, the the uh, Trump is the imperfect King David, King David right. the imperfect, King David. flawed ambassador of their uh, morals and dreams. Yeah, and so, so yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no I'm, 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 I was on a tear. Now I'm done. Go ahead. So uh, Amanda had something last night. Oh, Amanda, I, it was Amanda brilliant was comms there. person. She was there. She sends her sends her best. Uh, she, when we were talking about Haley endorsing. Uh, or not endorsing, Amanda saw a third way for Nikki Haley. Now, maybe you can get this to the Haley people. Maybe Tim can get it to the Haley people, right? She is going to want, of course, she'll want to not endorse him, but she will feel like she has to endorse him because she will feel like she has to say something like, I pledge to when I support our nominee, right? She'll try to do the minimal possible endorsement, I think. But what she could do as a third way is say, yes, I had pledged to support our nominee, but I have been permanently barred from MAGA. <laughs> and so I will respect President Trump's wishes. And uh, I'm sitting this one out. He can go it alone. Let's see how it works yeah. out for him. Yeah. Bless his heart. Yeah. How is that for an answer? Uh, I think that's great. I mean, I I would love something like that, uh, right? Obviously, and and if she yeah, did that, JBL, but JBL, if she did that, then then that to me, to me, that's why the full Liz, half Liz is unknowable, unless you're Nikki Haley and you know whether you're actually going to endorse him or not, right? Yeah. She knows whether she will ultimately endorse him, or maybe she's like, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she is sort of like. The angrier she gets, the further away she gets from the endorsement, the crappier he is, the further. And that's my hope. 
Because the worst case scenario for for the work that I do and the country and persuading people not to vote for him is a Nikki Haley endorsement after running a long, hard, truthful campaign against him through Super Tuesday, right? That's the worst case scenario. But the best case scenario is the other way. She goes hard on him and then she doesn't endorse him. So Bill and Tim the other night, Bill made a case that I hadn't really thought about. I'm going to try it on you. I'm not sure if I believe it or not. Tim said, having Haley attack Trump for a month does its own damage. And whether or not she technically endorses him or doesn't endorse him at this the end. This was Bill's point? This was Bill's point. I've heard he's made this to me. So I don't think I believe that because I think I the either. percentage of people paying attention now versus paying attention then will. Now, what Amanda said, look, we've already got the sound, right? So the Biden, Biden administration can just run ads of her saying the things she said about Trump, and they've got the sound to use and attack it, right? All that really matters is what you have up on the air in August and September and October. And so if you've got that sound, what does it matter that she no, has I disagree said with technically? So tell, tell me more. Okay. So everything, so many things are permission structures, right? So what Liz does, what Cassidy Hutchinson does when Mark Esper... What it does is it shames them, right? It makes the donors like when Nikki, if Nikki Haley endorses, it is further evidence that there's no, it feels like there's no other choice. Well, of course, she has to endorse him. We all have to bend the knee uh, because this is just what the, this is the price of being on the team. And if she doesn't, it reminds people that, oh, yeah. You don't have to do this. It's not like, because this is what they do at their lunches and their board meetings is they're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, you just got to do this because that's the thing. But when people don't do it, it makes them say, ugh, like, no, I could be with Liz. I could be with Nikki and not do it. I I think that's probably right. One more thing. Look, here, I'm going to be mean to Democrats. New York Times has a story this morning saying that South Carolina Democrats are urging Dems not to vote in the Republican primary, but to wait three weeks and then go vote in the Democratic primary instead. I think that's, I mean, I don't want to say it's a huge mistake because it's not going to affect the outcome, but I think it's generally a mistake. We, yeah. we should want Democrats to cross over and vote for Nikki Haley in South Carolina. Totally. Uh, if there is going to, every bit, every point you can take away from Trump hurts him a little bit. And it's not going to change the outcome, but you don't know, again, with such a close run election, you don't know where the tipping point is. And so any opportunity you have to inflict damage on him should be taken. Agree. And also, he, this stuff makes him act like a lunatic. Like when she came close to him in New Hampshire, he behaved like a crazy man in response. And I think that that, if she stays in, and he's already, right, show show us. This is Susie Wiles and Chris LaCivita. Uh, I was on Hayes last night, and I was talking about I – was, I was trying to make a – it's always hard to make a bigger point on cable TV. <laughs> but I wanted to sort of it's, – it's a little bit of a version of Tim's Trump is the MAGA – like the MAGA establishment, mm-hmm. you know. But if you look at all of the state parties now, the state parties are falling apart. They are all paying like the money. The RNC is in debt. All the money is going to Trump. Trump is spending it on his legal defenses. Oh my gosh! Right, he's spending so much money on lawyers. So much money, and and it's just going to get worse, right? Yeah. Like they're and coming out of the campaign court. funds. How is yeah. that even legal? I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't understand. So he's sucking up all this money. And like the, the but the state and the state people now who are running the apparatus are these uh, like super mega weirdos, right? It's like this Christina Caramo where like they voted her out and she's just refusing to leave. Uh, oh, yeah. It's this person in Arizona. Like there's just these nutballs. And so what's crazy now is like Trump has Chris Savita. Chris Lasavita and Susie Wells, he has like the normal, like former Mitt Romney, former DeSantis staffers around him and the rest of the party, right? It used to be the inverse. The rest of the party was normal and Trump had all the cranks and weirdos. But like he has now sort of gathered many of the people who like are operators who know how to do this stuff. And the rest of these people, because the only litmus test for them to be in their posts was MAGA fealty, they don't have any actual skills, Right? They don't know how to run a state party. They don't know how to do fundraising. They don't know how to do it. They just know how to go out and talk about Trump being the best thing ever. As a result, right, Trump uh, has like a good operation and he has people around him who are telling him, like I think they did in New or in um, Iowa, like, go give a nice, you know, be cool, thank everybody. And But they couldn't quite control him in New Hampshire. He got all wound up and pissed off. This is what you want, right? Yeah. They are going to try to make him normal. They are running a campaign. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm on like – I didn't think I had this much to talk about, but I do. Um, one of the things that's crazy about how they're going to counter-program people's sense of Trump being like a chaos candidate is to act like he's a, he's this normal, stable candidate. He's the one who's going to stabilize things at the border. He's the one who's going to stabilize things internationally. He's the one who's going to stabilize the economy. If he flirts with being a dictator or whatever, people want something done. They want a strongman. They want, you know, things are in chaos. They are counter-programming it. They have a smart, smart strategy. Uh, and so the I think it is imperative that people... But Trump's instincts are to be a psychopath. And so... And just listening to Robbie Kaplan yesterday, it was so clear to me, too, like, this woman and Nikki Haley just being a woman, let's, like, that kind of stuff bugs him. Uh, Someone saying he's having a tantrum, saying he's being a big baby. This is the kind of stuff that makes him nuts and act out. And you need voters to see that. You don't want to let them get away with this idea that a return to Trump is a return to normalcy, which is what Tim Scott's been out there saying as a surrogate. Hey, Sarah, do you know there's, there's actually more of the show? Oh, yeah. there is? How much more? There's more, so much more. All of the more. It goes on for hours. If people want to get the rest of the show, you, you know what they have to do, right? I think they have to go to Bowler Plus. Do they have to subscribe? What do they yes. have to do? Yes, they have to pay us money. Oh, good. Pay that man his money. And go uh, to thebulwark.com and subscribe to become a member of Bulwark Plus. All the good stuff's on the other side. Bye. Bye.